0: welcome to coffee eggs and inspiration it's a weekly youtube video and podcast that goes out over soundcloud Uh, and each week i get to sit down with somebody inspiring uh, to listen to them tell their story and this week is no different i'm joined by quasi court quasi is a uh, a, an up-and-coming british rapper uh, who's got an absolutely inspiring and brilliant story so welcome quasi thank you thank you so Tell me where it all began. You grew up. uh, You're a London, London boy. You grew up. You grew up where?
1: Yeah. So I grew up in um, South London, uh, a place called Mitcham, close to Croydon as well. Uh, Yeah, just a typical sort of South London story. uh, Growing up in the early 2000s. Um, Yeah.
0: Making me feel old. The early 2000s. (laughs) <laughs> and what was that like you you went to went to school down there? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah, I went to uh, Castle
1: and Boy Sports College yep. um, Went to school down there uh, Yeah, learned all my lessons in South London uh, developed my skill for poetry and uh, Spent a lot of time in the streets and just kind of uh, Yeah, just taking it all in it was my little ecosystem my little world or vortex as my friend says It just was everything I ever knew, wow. you know, South London was my what you know as the world is is, is what you know as the world so whatever you see you know my whole experience on the planet was based on that place in south london so that became my world essentially the world i knew
0: amazing and and you mentioned uh poetry you know that's not a is that a normal thing to get into in uh in 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 mitchell it's so funny yeah
1: it's so funny because the first time i actually started uh, really sort of writing down my poetry was a girl called uh, Clarice. Clarice. <laughs> a girl called Clarice from, uh, South East London. I need to fight if you see this Clarice. <laughs> Shout out to Clarice. <laughs> anyway, uh, she had a, uh, she was in, I think we were in year eight and, um, she had a, a, a poet, a poetry sort of task she had to do for school and uh, we found each other through Bebo or MySpace, one of the early social media platforms. Um, And uh, she said it to me on the, we had a five day pass on T-Mobile where you could uh, spend, I think, five pounds or 10 pounds and you'd get to do free texts and free calls. So we used that and uh, she used to speak to me and uh, one of the days she said her poem uh, when we were in year eight. Um, Obviously I I used to rap before that in year nine just as a way of being, like it was just something we did. And anyway, she did it and I was so impressed after I hanged up that phone call that day, I prepared. Uh... So
0: she spoke her poem to you? Or...
1: Yeah, she spoke her poem okay. to me over the phone. Um, and uh, I wanted to return almost like a reply to that poem. I didn't get to actually do that and yet, but I wrote the poem and it was so, I put so much of my emotion into it. I started saying them to my friends and, you know, I started to, to love this, this thing of poetry, writing down my words and allowing them to rhyme. Inspired by Clarice, I mean, before that, obviously, uh, my first performance was nine, years old, in nine fir- years old in first school. Yeah. Me and my friend, uh, uh, Fritz, we uh, performed at first first nine years old. And one of the things of like... Was that spoken word or was that rap That was already? a performance of a uh, Fire Crew song. Okay. Um, we performed, performed the song. He just suggested that we perform it. Um, I know my inspiration of music comes from my mum's love for music. Okay. Um, what sort of music did she listen to? Luther Van Dross, uh, Stevie Wonder, a lot of 80s, uh, Bobby Brown, a lot of 80s funk soul music. Right. Because she spent a lot of time growing up in Florida and Jamaica. Okay. Um, so th- th- that was the soundtrack to her life. You know, if I play a Luffy Van Dross record, I could see her going back yeah. into that space in Florida.
0: Remembering that time? Yeah,
1: remembering that time. So. Uh, religiously she'd play music um, that's probably why I learned you know the BPM beats per minute right as a child simply because I just heard it yeah constantly it was just uh, them it, it's how a lot of the, the, the black community uh, communicate integrate uh, share time with each other music's a big part and center part of, of that culture right. I think it ultimately comes from uh, I guess in in slavery they used to use music as a way to, uh, as a th- form of therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'd meet up together and, and sing songs and, and a way to communicate. So I think that spirit carries on through to the generations before me and then down to the generations where, you know, they're playing CDs yeah. and then you have young me's running around listening, maybe not paying attention, but hearing it. Yeah. So by the time I'm nine, I, I can rap because I've just... You know, have a makeup. Yeah, I've absorbed it. That, that's fundamentally what it comes down to. If you yeah. raise a kid, I think just listening to music every single day, you know, then eventually it's I think a great
0: beginning. Yeah, yeah, it's a great beginning. So, so did Clarice ever hear the the poetry? No, she hasn't.
1: You know, uh, she's from Jamaica and Malta really so there is specifics yeah if you ever so can <laughs> you remember
0: this. any lines from
1: it i can't remember any lines from uh from, okay from clarice. you
0: need to make this commitment now that you get back to curly
1: uh, it's, it's one that. of those <laughs> <laughs> it's actually one of those stories where it's like yeah I, I wanted to return that that poetry back to her um but anyway from that point on first performance at nine then i kind of stopped yeah. and then after clarice did that i ended up recording my first record fourteen. team um, and then we sent it around schools It's Coming Up Fast with Fritz. We recorded it at my friend Fraser's house. And this was rap? Rap, yeah. I don't know how we knew how to, like, as I said, I think it was probably just listening to a lot of Can you and remember just, it? I just said, Coming Up Fast, Coming Up Quickly. When I clash us will slew you swiftly. That was like the chorus. <laughs> yeah, Coming Up Fast, Coming Up Quickly. So it was just about at that time, Coming Up Fast. We're taking over. We're in year eight or nine and we just but people loved it you know rapping also on that part rapping was a, it was a part of our culture it was the way that we communicated with each other yeah um in a boys' school that we went to and just a part of our community it was just always our way of uh integrating and, and sharing our stories without really sharing our our stories you know tell Not, me
0: tell me about it so sharing your stories without really sharing your stories
1: can yeah know? like having having open dialogue with family and friends isn't an innate habit. Open dialogue meaning like an honest viewpoint of what we're actually going through, because a lot of the time it's not what we want to really speak about, we don't want to deal with those realities. So through rap, it's kind of a cool way to, or a comfortable way of telling your story right. without having to tell your story so directly safe, in safe words. So safe way to Yeah, because in poetry people, not only are listening to the words, but they're also going into an emotional state, which makes it easier for you to communicate the message as opposed to the talking part. It's like, I'm, what I'm hearing are your words. Right. And you just take, you digest the information differently. It's almost like how, you know, someone says, I love you in a record as opposed to saying it in, in words. It's, it's, it's the same words, it, but it's, it's a different receiving of it in it. Right. So at the time I didn't know that, but in looking back at it now, it was a way to exercise who you were. It was a way to communicate your, your experience uh, without having to actually do it directly. Right. Um, so.
0: So we, this obviously became part of your uh, your being uh, at school. Uh, what happened after school?
1: Um, after school, um, sixth form went to Graveney sixth form. Yeah. Um, I was always in, uh, I always wanted to get good grades. So I think I got like ten G GCSEs, maybe three or four A's. Wow uh my dad was pretty strict uh, you
0: obviously
1: dad. studied hard yeah 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 i studied hard towards the end yeah i've always had a sense of self in wanting to uh, achieve and having the results of achievement so anyway in that i had an asian friend called hitaf and he he was speaking about the school brave me i didn't have a clue because i'd just be in the ends rapping and i didn't really care those metrics didn't matter to me like schools and whatever, you know what I mean? As far as I was concerned, it's just about the ends and wrapping and whatever. So, Anyway, I went to the school, Graveney. It may not be anything for Graveney students, but coming from where I came from, going into the Graveney uh, sort of world, it became um, a whole different world for me to be inspired by and exposed to different ideas. People's parents had different incomes, people were doing different things on the weekends, the habits were different, the culture was different. Um, and uh, that's the first time they exposed, uh, you know, some students in the media class were playing Kings of Leon, uh, You Somebody, Sets on Fire, and also met some students that introduced me to uh, Pink Floyd. Um, and this is when I started to, I liked it. It was like the first time I heard that type of rock. Pink Floyd? Yeah.
0: Orchestral rock, I think they call it. Yeah. yeah. And
1: I, I liked it. I liked, I liked the way it sounded. It was different. It was a different energy, a different BPM I was used to, a different attitude but I could relate to the uh, concepts um, of Kurt Cobain or the concepts of Pink Floyd. I could relate to that feeling of, uh, whatever feeling they were perpetuating, it was similar to hip hop, but just told in a different way and over different instruments. Right. Um, And that inspired me to integrate. And at that point, I I decided, ah, how would it sound to sort of integrate my world of that world? So you,
0: you, you obviously had a lot of inspiration there. You started with Luther, Luther Vandross, yeah. Your, your mum, uh, Pink Floyd. You've talked about Kings of Leon and the spoken word in, in, a, in a poetic form. So there's a lot of stuff already coming together, right? And yeah. You, so what's your thing? What, what, what style? What style do you call your own now?
1: Uh, now I would just I would say it's uh, m- uh, sort of contemporary rock and rap. Rock and rap. Yeah, rock and rap music. Um, i'm british i was born in london um, so being a part of the south london community which i think has the most amount of like african and caribbean people we obviously a lot of us are ingrained into a lot of the music that our communities would play um so that was where a lot of the obviously reggae and, and, and afro beats now but a lot of the soul music i think my mum and my my father they used to dance to a lot of american soul music plus my mum actually grew up uh, in Florida where my grandparents still have a house there okay. and a lot of my family is, is, is internationally there so that's heavy in, in the inspiration in my household grime and hip hop are just like that's just like a passport right. Like it's just the basics of like, us being us right. um, it's the first time we saw people like us that looked like us with our accent on TV yeah rapping about things and areas that we lived as opposed to saw from a distance. That's why Rhyme always had that uh, connection to our life because it's literally people from our exact world.
0: Um, So what inspires you when you you think about a lyric? um, You know, I know life's not always been easy for you. What what inspires you? Is it a form of uh, narrative telling your story or, or is it some sort of fantasy that you you enter into is it's somewhere in between that's a good
1: question what inspires me me making me what inspires me to make music I think is maybe a form of I don't know if there's it's it's inspiration it's just a form of uh, it's just something I've always done as a way of therapy maybe just a place to get my thoughts out
0: we don't have therapists in the ENDS, obviously, so... Just in case we've got there's some somebody th- watching who doesn't understand what it means when you say the ENDS, what is it? Yeah, that?
1: okay, yeah, so... <laughs> from my from my place in, in South London, which we consider the ENDS, uh, generally low middle class economic backgrounds, loads of flats, some houses on the edge of that, um, a genuine feeling uh, judged by economics and uh, ethnic minorities, um, Chicken shops, Caribbean stores, like just a vibe in it. It's hard to. It's a really good question because it's like, what is the ends? Yeah. It's a it's a vibe which, and what contributes to that vibe are a number of things from the economics, the food stores, the people there, uh, just the whole village type feel, right. the community. It's yeah. a certain community which we dub the ends. We consider the ends or wherever non ends. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> well we're well, not in the ends of that I don't think we're in the ends no, no. at the moment
0: we're sitting outside Westfield here yeah. in, uh, <laughs> West not London the ends, yeah. and uh, yeah
1: well just not, really not just because of the geographical location of here but also the environment it just doesn't breed the ends you know what yep. I mean I think it's an interesting question I think we just dub certain area the ends right. or in America the hood
0: yeah
1: I think it's mainly first judged by the you know the economics of the area, yeah. the way the houses look, yeah. the, and then the type of people that are, you know, coming out of those areas, yeah. and it, and then people just dub it the hood. Because what is really the hood? Yeah. What is really the ends or favela or, yeah. you know, it's really the spirit of the of the area. The community. Yeah,
0: yeah. And you're um, uh, you're incredibly uh, articulate. Uh, you're very well read. Yeah. right you, you take a pride in um, you know that sort of continuous education. Tell me a little bit more about what's drawn you to books and what sort of books you like and how that's sort of featured in your journey. Yeah I tried to of course I'm trying to create
1: a better life for myself so I had to define what better was. and um, I don't come from a background of having exposure to a lot of money necessarily. So I knew that that form of wealth may not have come in the early parts of my life, so the only other wealth I could have was wealth of the mind. I needed some form of value. If it wasn't going to be money, then what else could I use in order to, you know, grow myself, you know, grow my value so I could have ultimately a better life and provide for, you know, you know my family, my friends and just for myself. So I looked at like uh, neurological, linguistic programming, um, and different things I could use to develop a different mindset in order to be able to attract uh, certain things into my life and books like The Alchemist, um, Rich Dad Poor Dad and uh, so many different, uh, The Secret, all these different books uh, sold an idea uh, that didn't require me to have money to have and lo and behold, after studying you know, uh, the books and studying Will Smith, studying Oprah Winfrey, studying Jay-Z factors of people that come from low middle class or lower economic backgrounds what were the key things that you know them to elevate and outside of the you know the financial gain that they'd get at some point it was mainly the change of thinking so then I decided to conclude that maybe wealth is really first existing in the mind in your thoughts in your habits your behaviours your attitudes your community the way you maybe the real poverty is not where we're located but the way we think and the way we behave the food that we eat Maybe that's really what's keeping people per se poor, and if you'd raise the value of your mind, maybe that help raise the value of your 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 product and your maybe you'd find it easier. Maybe our perceptions warped of reality because of the level of thought, and hence why we' were struggling
0: to find you know opportunities and resources to grow That's an incredibly inspiring way of uh, of, of putting it, and I'm sure. Many would um, draw inspiration from that. Yeah. Uh, so where are you now on your on your journey of
1: yeah? Uh, well, of becoming. So I've uh, where am I now in my journey? It's a good question. I've released. Luckily, I've been able to release over you know 14 to 15 pieces of content on YouTube. You know, I've built a decent following on.
0: on some of them are quite big, right? 30, 40,000 views. Yeah,
1: yeah, of... yeah. That's another thing. Yeah, I. To be honest, like coming from the hip-hop uh, background in the UK, I've always thought a million views or 500,000 views uh, was what was considered successful. But where I am at now is looking at you know 40,000 people, 30,000 people, 20,000 views is enough. Uh, you don't need uh, millions of people uh, to be looking at your work to necessarily have a successful career. I did the basic maths of you have 20,000 20, people spend 20 pounds, it's 400,000 pounds, that's enough. So where I'm at now is I've got a good foundation, I've got good people supporting me, um, uh, but most importantly, my attitude towards life has changed. and uh, My my belief towards life has changed. How? Through just the realization of education, self-education, and uh, really looking at things for what they are. And consciousness through some form of meditation and prayer, and just coming to a point of awareness, it's, it's really difficult to really, really kind of acknowledge why certain people are in certain situations, and ultimately, ultimately, it does come down to quality of thought, which is controlled through different different means. The content you, you choose to absorb in your mind, yeah. the, food, the food that you eat. Obviously some communities, it's more, they can subconsciously uh, be at that level of thought. You know, if you grow up in a certain community, they're not even gonna be aware of what they're not even aware of. Yeah. They're unaware of how they could have been unaware. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah, basically, yeah. So yeah. some people are automatically put into a space where your worst level of thought would never be as bad as someone who's eating, you know, chicken and chips. I don't even eat chicken, you know, I'm vegetarian now, but eating chicken and chips every day, and that's no disrespect to people that do that, eating chicken and chips and smoking and, you know, all the information we're getting is being fed to us via TV or radio. Yeah. No one's actually consciously seeking information for, yourself, for, that, for ourselves. So, yeah, quality, quality of thought has helped me to, um, even me acknowledging the, the idea of thought, as a, as a thing, looking at like cognitive performance. I went to like brain performance workshops and stuff like that while I was in the street. I wow. used to go book, go on event Eventbrite and book. Incredible. Brain, I'd be the only black guy there. It's like all <laughs> middle class white guys there. <laughs> black guy in a tracksuit literally there in, the, uh, in these uh, workshops and I'm just there just listening to, because I, I knew that my mind was the only thing I could have, so I learned about Conscious and subconscious mindset and 21 days to build a habit and different ways you could do this neurological linguistic programming or affirmations, different things to work the mind, to sort of brainwash, I I use the word brainwash, it's not the correct term, but at the time it was to brainwash my mind until it got to the point where all I believed in was believing in my success, so I couldn't think any different.
0: Thinking yourself to a better place.
1: Yeah, so I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to have the idea of uh, not succeeding. I didn't want it to be physically possible for me to even have the idea. Yeah. So like in you know those movies where there's that young kid that's breeded for war since he's nine and he's part of this Shaolin monk camp and all he knows is war because that's what he's been breeded towards. I kind of took on that psychology where I was right. like, there's so much trauma and so much backward steps. I'm gonna to have to build myself almost like a machine yeah. that only thinks towards growing.
0: So, if you're a um, if you're a young aspiring rap artist in urban London or u- urban UK, uh, how do you think about launching yourself, and how do you think about your craft? What what sort of advice would you give to others who may be in that place? That's a really good question. Um, I think
1: first launching your first self understanding self Um, that's the first thing that's as simple as a google search on how who am i and finding books and references to who you are because everything the seed is you so without a you know sense of self then it's going to be challenging to really uh launch yourself into anything until you know what you're trying to what the where's the rocket going where are you going like who am I Who am I? yeah who am I that's the first that's the first pilgrimage and then uh, then it just becomes about um, finding people hopefully once you know who you are uh, hopefully the universe in some way will come to your aid to support your your vision and bringing it together I mean it does fundamentally come down to going to the studio and recording records and creatively putting your soul and your mind, and Clarice (laughs) in your music and stuff. But uh, those are the basic things. I think creating music, you can Google search, going to the studio, Google search, where can I record? Or go to your local college or university, wherever. finding a studio space. There are many producers online. I think anyone that wants to become a rapper or singer would know that there's producers on Instagram. You know, you can source the raw skill that you need Uh, skill sets you need quite easily through social media Uh, but in regards to patch packing it all together and what you're actually saying and the sounds and stuff that's all self that's all learning of self starts with identity uh, yeah the the practical sense of creating now more than ever in this in this in the world we live in now it's uh, it's quite simple yeah for for all of us there's beats on YouTube there's so many creators that want to find people to house their their creativity there's so much like social, uh, musical real estate around the world online, it's so easy to source the rawness of it. What's the hard part is adding a sense of self and individuality to it, and then being able to um, get it out to the world and market and distribute it. So, But before that, I would definitely say having a sense of self, I'm sure anyone watching this would be, would know how to source the the raw materials, the videographers, the producers, that's Instagram, that's Facebook, that's Twitter, that's Google, that's your friend down the road. I used to record in Sebastian's house in in Tulse Hill, Colombian guy. His mum used to come in every 20 minutes, speaking Spanish, F up our recordings. (laughs) (laughs) Some of my recordings now probably have like, background vocals of like a Spanish Spanish woman, but it was hard, it was really hard knocks, like literally just finding anywhere and linking to anyone that had any connection to music. But if you come from South London, or an urban park or the ends of London there's always uh, someone who knows a rapper or a producer right, right. It, it's 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 the essence of our
0: existence it's like if you're in Texas then I'm sure there's someone that has a has a horse <laughs> <laughs> so find yourself uh, find your Sebastian or your Clarisse, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, your, yeah. your, your inspiration yeah um, you've got an uh, obviously an amazingly uh, unique uh, sound, rock, rap, sounds uh, extremely intriguing, mm. what's next for Quasicorp? what should we expect?
1: Uh, so, what's next, that's a good question as well, it's really good questions, <laughs> leading to me to what's next. Okay, so what's next is, um, I'm working on this uh, an EP, an extended playlist, uh, Bad Boys Don't Listen is the name I'm, I'm considering at the moment, which is more an ethos or philosophy because um, growing up there's been so many different ideas I could adopt and eventually I concluded that the only idea I should adopt is the idea of self uh, given obviously taking into consideration society and the sounds that I like but ultimately everything has to centre itself so working on an EP um, attached to a narrative, attached to uh, visuals a whole creative uh, birth chart, a whole creative product, narrative, music and sound As an artist now it's beyond uh, sonical, it's more uh, overall, it's design, it's sound, it's aesthetic. Uh, Being a musician is about making music um, and composing music, but being an artist is about you know stimulating people sonically, visually, the essence of your being, your words. Being an artist is provoking thought, using the arts to manipulate what you're trying to communicate. So we use arts, whether it's visual or sound, you know, so that's what's next is a whole campaign with a philosophy which is matched by all these different installations, whether it's sound, visual, lighting, um, even from the back end, you know, everything I'm creating now, it's more a a narrative, a feeling that's the most real to my life at the moment and the stage that I'm at, which kind of dubs and tells a story of, you know trap house to rock band um but not done in a in a not just with words but with what you can see here
0: feel you know, fashion films, photography. So it's it's a it's a whole campaign. Amazing! You have a, a wonderful way of putting things. I have to say, I just <laughs> uh, I just let it wash over me like nectar. Yeah. Um, yeah. incredibly inspiring. Uh, closing thoughts. Any advice to young people who may be growing up in uh, in in the ends, uh, different parts of urban yeah. urban London or elsewhere?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely say the ends that you have is really the the mental space you create for yourself like none of us are defined by where we're from geographically in the world it's more so we're defined by the thoughts that we obtain um, the beliefs that we have our actions our behaviors our values so though the environment may breed a certain level of behavior the real ends exist in your mind the real ends exist in your heart the real wherever you are in the world. And I know Jay-Z has this really good lyric saying, put me anywhere on God's green, green earth, I'll triple my worth. Saying it doesn't matter where you put me, I was always gonna you know, make it out. So I'll definitely say working on the mind. Since your environment, if you're from the ends, you are coming from a hard lifestyle. There's nothing I can do to, to, to advise you on that, apart from just avoid getting involved in things that won't help you progress. But the only thing that I feel that will help you progress is developing a mindset. Uh, through literature uh, if you don't like to read you can listen to stuff on youtube there's a google podcast there's many different things so i definitely say um, first start with developing your mind acknowledging where your mind's at acknowledging what you're, where your mind needs to be um, and working on your mind not just in terms of what you input in your mind but your diet all these different things so my my, my information is more just about or well, my advice is more human advice for human beings to develop, they first have to develop themselves at the core. Everything starts at the seed of who you are. So I think the basics first, who you are, what you believe in, what your values are, where your mind's at. And once that's developed, it makes you know one move uh, much more easier. You can achieve 10 moves in one move because of the level of thought, as opposed to struggling through a, you know, a really restricted mindset to achieve something. As your mind, as the value of your mind and understanding and resources increase what takes you a minute to do may take someone 25, it's level of thought, I've learned that, that metric so. Well
0: it's amazing, amazing advice for anyone actually, no matter where they're from. Yeah,
1: where are you from but in the end specifically yeah. it's definitely mental environment, yeah. if your physical environment is is not the best then that gives you more of an inspiration more of a motivation to enhance the mental one if your physical environment you know isn't that bad then you're probably gonna you're not gonna need those level of mental extremities you're not gonna have to maybe i don't know i'm not from there but you're maybe not gonna have to think on that level you can think practically this is what i'm trying to do and i've got the resources so i can just sort of walk towards well, I'm doing obviously a bit of hard work in terms of hours or whatever, but you're not going to have to deal with the extremity of avoiding uh, certain drugs or violence. You know, given the circumstance, the harsher the circumstances, the higher the level of thought yeah. has to be. That's why you can I can see why certain individuals come from the harshest situations, but not only come to a point of stability, but rise even beyond that. Because that for them, strength to, of character. And, yeah,
0: because you know, what they had to develop yeah. to get out of there meant that they could go all the way to a billion. Amazing. What, a, what an amazing uh, uh, point to, to end on. Um, I'm going to put the links to uh, Quazi's YouTube channel and Insta feed uh, below. Uh, check him out. Expect big th- things from this guy. He's uh, an inspiration. Quazi, thanks very much for joining